And now, the simple thrills of a standard man. I hate flying. And I'm not sure how that started, when it started. All I know is I'm afraid to fly. When I was 13, my dad got stationed overseas in the Philippines. We moved over there. We flew out of National Airport in December of 1981. And when we took off, you know, I I didn't know what to expect when flying. I noticed even at 13, I had a little bit of anxiety about flying, like I was really nervous about it. Like, I I don't know. I, I just remember feeling anxious and nervous and dreading the flight coming up. And I was 13. I was moving away from all of my friends. I was going to a different life for three years. So it could have been a lot of that, but I do remember being anxious. Anyways, when we took off, I don't remember much about the flight. I remember two things in particular. The first thing is when we were leaving National Airport, it wasn't called Reagan Airport at the time, the one in D.C., or right outside of D.C. It was just called National Airport. When we were leaving National Airport, we banked one way or the other. And I remember looking down through the window towards the ground and thought it was really cool. I was like, wow, this is crazy. The other thing I remember is hours into the flight. I mean, it may have been the next day. We were on a super long flight from Alaska to maybe Japan or Okinawa, a a long leg of the flight. And there was a little boy with his mom. A little boy walked up, came up to me and said, "Uh, I love you. And he was a little kid, real little. And uh, I didn't know what to say. I was 13. I was embarrassed. Looking around, my brothers were giggling. I was like, man, you got a problem. (laughs) And the mom got offended. My parents got mad. Oh, Larry, why'd you say that? I mean, what do you expect a 13-year-old to say? You know what I mean? I mean, it was embarrassing. I'll never forget that. Anyways, we got to the Philippines. Things were good. We settled in. I was fine with the flight. But then something really key happened. A month later... Air Florida crashed out of National Airport. And if you don't remember that crash, it was a plane, Air Florida. It was headed to Florida. There was a lot of ice out. It was really cold out, middle of winter, January in D.C. The plane took off and there was a problem. Later on, they found out with like de-icing the wings or something like that. Something didn't go through proper procedure. The plane took off and then it fell back to earth on the 14th Street Bridge. It took out some people on the ground, then it crashed into the Potomac River, and there's a lot of footage of people. You know, there were, there were a few survivors from the plane trying to swim to safety, people jumping in to help them, chaos, the tail of the plane, the freezing ice water. You could see people swimming there blinded by the fuel that was spilled into the water, a horrifying scene. But I remember seeing that and thinking, oh my God, that plane took off from the exact same airport that we flew out from. But then the realization struck into me, oh my gosh, these things can crash. And I think that's the key for me is that a plane, it doesn't seem natural to me. It doesn't seem natural that this thing that weighs multiple tons, I'm assuming, can go down this little stretch of road and then hurl itself into the air with people on it. The wings flapping. Takeoff for me is the worst. It's always been the worst. And here's the truth. The older I got, the worse this got. My phobia became worse and worse. As an adult, I started to realize, my gosh, I can't stand this. Anyways, it got worse and worse as I got older. When we had kids, it just it just kept getting worse. 
So I've never liked to do it, but the older I get, the worse it seems to be now. So something I like to do, you, some of you may think this is a little unusual, but uh, when, as the internet started really, the web really started to pick up, probably back in the early 2000s, uh, I found the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Bureau, Board, whatever the B stands for, the NTSB. And part of their job is to um, investigate accidents. And they have a website online, and part of their website has all the data of plane crashes. The accident synopsis of plane crashes that goes all the way back to the 60s. Now, you're not going to find anything particular specific, say, like on 9-11. They'll note that the plane crashed into the World Trade Center, and then they'll say it's been under investigation or it was a terrorist attack, but they won't say anything else. I need to get a drink here. Anyways, I became fascinated with logging into this site and reading about accidents. Plane crashes, almost like to validate my fear of it. That's what I think it was. See, look how bad flying is. Look at all these mistakes. And here's something I learned. A lot of private planes go down. And then it started to occur to me that I could look up famous plane crashes, right? Like when Leonard Skinner crashed, the band Leonard Skinner right? What, what really happened then? And I got on this kick of, of musicians and famous stars who died. What about when Stevie Ray Vaughan died in a helicopter accident? Let me look up that one. Trace back to the day, go through the database and find it. And look what the NTSB had to say about it, what their finding was. I remember thinking about Jim Croce. He died in a plane crash. Look that one up. And then I started thinking about the day the music died. The day that Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper died. Yeah, they call that the day the music died. Unfortunately, the NTSB only went back to maybe the early 60s, maybe 1960-61. The plane crash that killed Buddy Holly and those other guys happened in 1959, so I, I couldn't look that one up. But I became interested in that accident, and I started looking it up. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people know who Buddy Holly is. In case you don't know who Buddy Holly is, have you ever heard this song? Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye. Yes, that'll be the day when you make me cry. You say you're gonna leave. You know it's a lie, cause that'll be the day. Yeah, that's Buddy Holly. Let's see another Buddy Holly song. That's called That'll Be The Day. That was one of his hits. Here's another one. This one's called Peggy Sue. How about that one? I'll play one more. This was one of his other popular songs. He had a lot of hits. But this one was called Oh Boy. This was one of his last hits, I think, I believe, before he passed. All of my love, all of my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing. Oh boy, oh boy, when they hold me, oh boy, oh boy, the whole world can see that you know what I meant for me. Yeah, that's Buddy Holly. And so the other guys that died on the plane, Richie Valens, he was very popular at the time too, uh, put a little Latino American flair into the music. 
Yeah, that's what he did. Here was one of his popular songs. Now, Los Lobos became popular by covering it in a later movie about Richie Valens. But uh, here it is. Yeah, that was Richie. Richie had a few hits, too. Here was another one of his famous hits. I know you've heard this one. That was some rock and roll back then in the 50s, man. And then he had his slow tune for his girlfriend or the girl he liked. This was another hit of his called Donna. caught up in that one, let it play a little bit longer. Anyways, you know what I noticed is that Buddy Holly and Richie Valens, there was a lot of focus put on those two. Their life stories were made, uh, there were movies made about their life stories. I believe Gary Busey, Gary Busey, uh, he played Buddy Holly back in the 70s. Uh, and it was a pretty popular movie about Buddy Holly's life. And then Lou Diamond Phillips, it might have been the 80s, maybe into the 90s. A movie called La Bamba, which was the story of Richie Valens. There was a third star on that flight, a third rock star. By the time these guys were rock stars, his name was J.P. Richardson, otherwise known as the Big Bopper. He was the third star on that plane that died. He had a hit out at the time as well. And this was his hit. This is a piece of his hit. It's called Chantilly Lace. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. <laughs> oh, you sweet man. Do I want? Will I want? Oh, baby, you know what I like. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail. Yeah, that's the big bopper, Chantilly Lace. It's interesting, though, because there isn't a lot of information. There wasn't any focus put on the big bopper. There was no movie done about him. There was really no focus. And part of it is that Buddy Holly was only 22 when he died. Richie Valens was only 17. The big bopper was 28, going on 29 when he died. So he was the old guy in the crew. He was also kind of fat. Especially in the 50s, you know? Like, by today's standards, he may be just considered normal. But back in the 50s, he was kind of fat. So he probably wasn't that model rock star. And make no mistake, 
I know listening to this music, you may not realize it, but that was rock music for the time. That stuff was very controversial. They still have video clips. You can find them on the internet of preachers and people talking against that music, how it's the devil's music. It's a different era, different time. But there wasn't much talked about with the Big Bopper. Let's dig into him a little bit. Let's find out who he was. Like I said, he was 28 years old, so he was the old guy on the tour. He was a DJ. That's what he did for a living when he had that hit. He was a songwriter and he was a DJ. This is kind of an interesting fact about him. He had a son that was born two weeks after he died, named J.P. Jr. or the Big Bopper Jr. They called him something like that, Jr. in the title. Never met his son. His son was born two weeks after he died in a plane crash. And here's another interesting thing, is that there are conspiracy theories. There were theories going around about the plane crash, such as, There was commotion on the plane, like it really didn't just go down out of pilot error, like there may have been a gun, somebody got shot on the plane. The big bopper was shot. He actually, there was a, there was a rumor that he actually survived the plane crash and was shot while trying to crawl away. So guess what his son did? His son had his father's body exhumed so that coroners can look at it again. They can perform another autopsy. They can investigate it. Forensics people can say, let's find out if there was foul play involved. So in 2007, that's what he did. JP Jr. had his dad exhumed and an autopsy performed. And guess what? You know what they found? Nothing. They didn't find anything. He died from injuries sustained in the plane accident. It was all just speculation. His son carried on his honor. He continued to sing, celebrate his dad's life, even though he never met him. And he died in 2013. There's also another interesting fact about that tour. There were four major acts on that tour, that winter tour. The fourth act was Dion and the Belmonts. Runaround Sue, the Wanderer. None of those people were on the plane that went down. Now, I've been talking about a plane crash, and I'm going to just quickly discuss the plane crash just so you can kind of get a gauge of what I'm talking about and why they say the day the music died. At the time, Buddy Holly and Richie Valens especially, but the Big Bopper as well, all of them had hits in the American Top 40 as well as charts around the world. Buddy Holly had multiple songs in the charts for weeks at a time. Richie Valens had three or four songs that were doing very well. They didn't make the money that rock stars maybe make now, but they were just as famous back then. You know what I mean? It's all relative. What happened was, they were out on a tour, a winter tour, that hit the Midwest, Iowa, the Dakotas, all these places that get a shitload of snow, and those areas had an abnormal amount of snow that year. So it was super cold out. And these guys were out in January into February touring on a bus. But the people that put the tour together, they got them a shitty bus. And the heat broke down. And it was freezing on the bus. It was so cold that actually the drummer, Buddy Holly's drummer, got frostbite on his feet. Had to go to the hospital and was in the hospital when Buddy Holly died. It's very possible that that guy may have been on the plane with him. So getting frostbite may have saved his life. 
So Buddy Holly, being sick of everything, chartered a plane, and he actually chartered a plane for him and his bandmates that were still on tour with him. Because remember, the drummer's in the hospital. His bass player at the time was Waylon Jennings, who went on to become a famous country star, and his guitarist was Tommy Alsup. Originally, he chartered this little plane for three people. It was supposed to be him, his guitarist, and his bassist. But the big bopper went up to Waylon Jennings and said, look, I have the flu. I'm sick. I'm tired. I need to get to the next stop. Can I have your spot on the plane? And Waylon Jennings said, sure, you can take it. Gave him his seat on the flight. And then as they're leaving, Tommy Alsop went back in one last time into the, they were at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa. That was the last place that they played. Tommy also, the guitarist, went back in to look around, make sure nothing was there, and he saw Richie Valens signing an autograph. And Richie said, please, can I have your spot on the plane? And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll flip a coin. You win, you're on. I win, I take it. Richie Valens won, and he ended up on that flight. He wasn't supposed to be on it. Either was the big bopper. And then we all know what happened. Probably less than five to ten minutes after takeoff, the plane went down came to rest in a field. There are pictures on the internet. You can see what happened. And a lot of the speculation that uh, there was foul play because actually the pilot was contained in the mangled wreckage, but Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper were thrown from the plane. Interesting fact about the accident as well is the Big Bopper, on impact, all of his clothes were ripped off of his body. This is from actual accounts from people who, like the sheriffs, the people who were first on to the accident. The only thing he was wearing left were his underwear. All of his clothes, socks, shoes, everything was ripped off of his body on impact. Said it was the weirdest, one of the weirdest things he's ever seen. Think about fate, though. A couple people should have been on that flight that just ended up not going. And here's a kicker. So Waylon Jennings... Buddy Holly was kind of a mentor to Waylon Jennings. He was a couple years younger, maybe two, three years younger than Buddy at the time. He looked up to Buddy and Buddy took care of him. He mentored him. He was working with him, helping him develop his career. But they were good friends. They'd they'd become good friends. And uh, before they left for the airport, Buddy teasing Waylon for deciding to take the bus instead, giving up his seat to the big bopper, he said something to the effect of, I hope you freeze your ass off on that bus. And Waylon... You know, 19 at the time, 19 or 20 years old at the time. Tell Buddy, I hope your plane crashes. He said, and it took him years. Actually developed some addiction problems because he felt responsible for the accident. That he caused it somehow by making that statement. It took him years to get over that. That is a true story. That really did happen. Another interesting thing that happened from that accident is that the guitarist, Tommy Alsop, When he gave up his seat, he told Buddy, he said, look, man, my mom wrote me a letter and she had it sent to a post office at our next stop. When you get there, can you pick up the letter for me, please? And he said, yep, I can do it. I need some form of ID. So Tommy was going to get his ID out of his wallet. And Buddy said, just give me your wallet. So he gave him his whole wallet, he put in his pocket, and they took off. When the plane crashed, they found five IDs. The pilot, the three people that were on the plane which would be four, and Tommy Alsop's ID. So they were under the impression that he was killed on the flight too. 
and some of the early radio reports and things like that, or family and stuff, thought that he was killed on the plane. That wallet, his ID, goes around with the Buddy Holly artifacts from that accident, you know, like in a museum or tribute, something that you can go look at. It's actually with it, but that's kind of weird, right? Here's some other interesting facts from the uh, post-accident. Buddy Holly was only married for six months when he died. He married a lady from Puerto Rico. She was working at a publishing company that uh, Holly was hired under. Her name was Maria Elena Holly. And she was pregnant at the time that he was killed, and she suffered a miscarriage. They suspected largely due to the trauma from the shock that her husband was killed. And she was uh, so distraught that she did not attend his funeral, and she has never visited his grave. And you know what's kind of fitting for this is that uh, we're coming right up on the uh, 59th anniversary of when this happened. I don't know, man, it happened so long ago, but I still get bummed thinking about it. And there's a famous song that was written for this event. Here, I'm going to play a piece. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance, that I could make those people dance and maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside the day The music died Yeah, wow. I heard that song before and I knew it was written for that event, but I never really looked at the lyrics. But when you learn a little bit about the story, the lyrics make a lot of sense. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. Three young singers who soared to the heights of show business on the current rock and roll craze were killed today in the crash of a light plane in an Iowa snow flurry. The singers were identified as Richie Vallon, 17, Buddy Holly, 22, and J.P. Richardson, known professionally as the Big Bopper. The aircraft chartered from the Dwyer Flying Service crashed near Mason City, ironically the setting for the prominent musical The Music Man. The pilot, Roger Peterson of Clear Lake, Iowa, was also killed. The three singers had appeared at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa last night and were on their way to Fargo, North Dakota. Their small chartered plane crashed in a lonely farmyard about 15 miles northwest of Mason City. Cause of the crash was due to inclement weather conditions. Details upcoming from Action Central News. And that, my friends, is why I don't like to fly. 